Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, to episode 41 of the Leading Off Podcast. Of course, I'm Matt Braun, Nathan Hamer, joined here by Cooper Carlson. We are entering, uh, I believe, day 1,000 without sports, give or take. Uh, or, or at least that's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, it's been, it's been weird. I was thinking about it today. Like, this has just been odd. I've, you know, because all my life I've just been watching sports, basically. Did you tune into the the golf the Tom Brady golfing thing that was going on today at all? I I absolutely did. Well, you did. I did not. I kind of wish I did. It sounded really fun because I was I'm amazed when anything sports related happens nowadays. Like no matter what it is, because the Twitter timeline is just filled with people beyond excited for what's going on because it's any sports and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's just everyone's hyper focused on this one thing. And <laughs> the the funny thing is, you mentioned that also is like the. You kind of forget about the degeneracy that gets lost when there's no sports because there was like live betting odds for like, will Phil Mickelson make a birdie? I'm like, wow, you guys, <laughs> holy crap, this is insane. I can't believe that. Yeah, no, it was it was interesting. But yes, yeah, sports, it, you know, it's been a long time without them. And we're still out here pushing out this content, this great content of no baseball. <laughs> Make, make it up whatever we can to talk about here. It's, well, well, we shouldn't say that because there's still KBO and, you know, Taiwan well, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Not, but, you, well, this is called the Leading Off Twins podcast. So, uh, although, hey, LG Twins. Yep, yep, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Let's just switch oh, the name. Uh, oh, man, that, that would have been big brain. Although, uh, I think we have it in our contract that we actually can't do that. But, you know, it is well. what it is. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually haven't been watching as much KBO baseball. It's kind of, the the hype's kind of fallen off for me. Like I'll see the highlights the next day, sure. and I'll, I'll look up the box score basically to see did Byung Ho Park go deep. Uh, but uh, beyond that, you know, I'm I'm not too hyper focused on what's actually happening. Yeah, I haven't neither. I did I haven't really watched any at all, and I you know I've fallen off even more than that somehow. So yeah, I'm <laughs> just ready for MLB to get back. I'm just ready for normalcy to return. I guess so. Hopefully that happens soon. It's going to be a huge week for baseball coming up because they're basically going to decide, are we going to do this or are we not going to do this? Because it's coming down to it. If they're going to restart, they're going to have to, by mid-June, have players in spring uh, spring training too. I've always wanted a spring training too. <laughs> Everyone loves spring training so much. Why don't we just make a second one? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but yes, you bring it up. We'll talk about it. Uh, the MLBPA uh, will be meeting with the owners and they'll be having probably their biggest discussion yet so far regarding this this coming week, which we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about uh, some other minor things, uh, nothing that actually is of substance because, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but no one's played anything. But some small stuff. Uh, we'll be doing some Hall of Fame talk, some players that might make the Hall that no one talks about, uh, and then our weekly, as you have now called it in our uh, itinerary here, the dumb Mount Rushmore. I don't think it's dumb. 
I find, uh, you know, we yeah, we're dumb. Uh, that's that kind of sarcastic, but just because it's kind of like you know cliche, I guess. Just, but it's something to do, something to talk about. So whatever. Look, look in a day and age of no content, <laughs> this is content. You understand? <laughs> yes. Okay. And we make it fun. We're good at it, right? I. That, you know, I mean, we laugh once in a while. So. <laughs> so. Well, we laugh. I I guess I never know if someone else is laughing. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I, I guess that's how that works. So uh, the first thing we're talking about, MLBPA, of course, we have already talked about, I have talked about with a great enthusiasm <laughs> about uh, how I feel on this topic. But anyways, both sides are coming together. I, I think it's good news that we're not hearing a whole lot about it. I think that's probably for the best that uh, these negotiations are happening. Uh, and, you know, Ken Rosenthal isn't tweeting about it. Uh, Evan Drellich isn't tweeting about it beyond, like, the fact that it's happening. Uh, so... They're, they're coming together. We think what's going to happen is these deferred prorated sort of salaries uh, based on, you know, how how many games are actually played. Because, uh, of course, that's where everyone gets their revenue. And, you know, uh, what, what's a fair economic, you know, agreement that can be made between the owners who still have to make money and the players who also still have to make money? Yeah, um, well, the fair thing... That's tough because, I mean, the fair thing to me is just the prorated salaries players should get paid based on how many games are played, and it should end there because billionaires can afford to lose a bit of money, but they, that obvious, I mean, that's not going to happen. That's just how business works here. That will not, that's not going to happen. So, obviously, something's going to have to give. It sounds, according to what John Heyman said, I think, um, that both sides are compromising a bit, at least, and because they both both sides understand what not having a season would do economically and just for the the sport might completely die if there is no season in 2020 side of things. So, I mean, I'm thinking maybe both sides will compromise in the end, but, you know, owners are owners still. Well, you know, this actually probably couldn't have worse or come out of worse time, excuse me, uh, just yeah. because we had this. And then next year was already set, uh, you know, set to be when the uh, – agreement uh, would end and they'd have to come to a new agreement, which is always a mess. So the fact that we're going to go through this and then next year, we're going to go through it all again, <clears throat> you know, just, uh, I mean, come on, this, this it's like a double whammy of terribleness. But that next year is going to be the delayed season. Said it happened this year and it might happen next year too. So it, who knows, maybe two uh, 82 game seasons in a row. Or you're, oh, oh you're why would you even say something like that? Those deals, um, yeah, the agreements, you never know. And, it sounded for a while like we were, it was just going to be a delay. Like, we had, when was the last one? Uh, yeah, I believe it was 1994. It was somewhere in the mid-90s, I believe. And then that also, like, basically caused, caused the Expos to not exist and whatnot. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I remember that then. Yeah, that's something I'd never heard. So, yeah, well, I, you know, forgot all about. So, yeah, it's well, going to be tough. And I don't know. Well, given the fact that neither of us were alive when that happened, you know. Right. I, did it really happen? We may never know. Cause if it didn't happen while I was alive, well, did it really happen? It's the, the if a tree falls well, in a forest. You, you wait know. a minute. You were born in... Uh, yeah, I was born in 1999, my guy. Yeah, yeah we are both very... We're not, we're not very uh, old here. I was an 01 childhood, believe it or not. So. Uh, don't, don't say that. You're not happening <laughs> at all. I don't need to hear well, that. Yeah, we might have just lost like forty listeners or whatever, but it's 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 okay. Well, we, we know it, what we're talking about, all right? 
Nothing nothing will ever beat when we were talking to Tom, and I told him that one of my first Twins memories was the uh, 09 uh, Game 163, and then he said that he audibly swore when he heard that. <laughs> that was just, I mean. Yeah, yeah mine's 2010 playoffs, so we're in the same boat there. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's odd, because especially being on Twitter, because it just it's obvious that we're just the young group, but you know, it makes it makes it interesting. It's like the uh, I, I feel like like that scene with Baby Yoda where he's like looking up perpetually. <laughs> Everyone's talking about these obscure twins players from like the early two thousands. I'm like, I have literally never heard of that man before in my life. <laughs> Brad Radke, who the heck is that? I, I did say I know who Brad. Radke I'm just is. kidding. I know. No, yeah, but yeah, that was, that's. That should be a good one. That'd be a good one. No idea who Brad Radke is, but I, I co-host the Twins podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, that'd go over well. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about, this was something I brought up. Uh, the the way this actually came up was really funny. Uh, I assume, do you know what a Sporkle is? Like the online quiz thing? Yes. Yeah. I, you said that in a really weird way. Like you didn't know what it was. I, I was, I'm thinking, I think I... Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard of it at least. Okay, okay, you've heard of it. That's fine, whatever. But whatever. Uh, I found a Sporkle quiz because I, this is how bored I was. It was uh, top 300 uh, position players by war all time. So all-time baseball players, 300. You had 20 minutes. Now, first of all, let me say, I did not get to 300. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think I'd get to 300 if I was cheating. That is because you only had 20 minutes to do it, which is, like, insane. But... What I did find and what I want to talk about were some surprising names that were actually on the list. Now, of course, you know, Harmon Killebrew, Rod Carew, uh, you know, Jim Tomey, all these classic guys, specifically twins guys I kind of want to talk about. Uh, but some other ones were in there that actually surprised me. The first which was Torrey Hunter was on there. He's a top 300 position player all time by war, which uh, I actually found really surprising. I don't know about you. Yeah, when you said it, I think I did, but. Uh, defense. I mean, obviously, we've heard a ton about the defense, but I'd assume that goes a lot into it. We heard, you know, the two of the best fielders are basically him and Byron Buxton. So, yeah, when you, and then I mean, he, it's not like he was a bad hitter either. He was always top, probably four or five in the lineup when he was with the Twins, at least. So, I mean, it's surprising, but at the same time, I can I can see it, I guess, you know, because defense does play a big role. Byron Buxton's able to rack up. Five, you know, if he he was he'd always be on pace for five WAR while hitting, you know, the eighth best in the Twins lineup. So I see where it's coming from there. Uh, although I don't I don't mean to burst your bubble, but his defense career by Fangraphs is in the negatives. What really, Tori Hunter? Hunter? Yeah. No way. Now I I will say this: as far as advanced defensive stats, even these days they're a bit sus. And sure. I, I, but I'm also incredibly leery about then retroactively applying them to any, like, pre, I don't know, like, 2012, like, sure, era. Okay, yeah. Just because it's like, we, we have no way of accurately tracking that in the way we can now. And even if even the stuff we can do now, as I said, it's it's weird, and we'll, we'll spit out weird stuff. So I take well, that with a grain of salt. Then if he is negative in defense, how the heck is he top 300 in war? Uh, because... Like 40 years? Because, well, he did play first season 97, last season 2015. Okay. That plays a role. But then there's also a 110 career WRC plus at center field. That'll take you a far. I suppose. That'll take you a far distance. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. 
huh i mean he was never i, I, I mean at least in his late later half years he was never truly in, like an elite hitter i guess and i don't i i don't believe you he's not 300 that doesn't make any sense if his defense is negative there's no way put, now, now keep in mind you. now keep in mind this is just purely position players this is not uh, okay. pitchers included so All right. When you look at it that way, it makes more sense. You know, uh, 50 war by uh, baseball reference, 43 by fan graphs. Uh, like you said, what's interesting is even at his peak offense, you're looking at about a 128, 126 WC plus with the Angels. Uh, and that was kind of it. Oh, I guess well, 131 right. with the Angels in 2012 also. But really, he kind of falls into that category of he was a really good player for – he's like it. He's like if Mark Burley was a position player, right? You remember <laughs> Mark Burley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an excellent player, excellent, excellent pitcher, but never at any time where you'd be like, oh, he's easily, you know, a top 10, top five pitcher in all of baseball. Sure. He was just kind of really good and then stuck around forever. Uh, kind of like in an accumulator, I guess you could call it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so he did just, he was never, he, he just played a lot of solid seasons, never bad, never, you know, top five to 10, I guess. I guess 97 to 15, that'll get you there. So I'm back to believing you that he's top 300. Is he, what, like 299th, you know? like I I don't know. He was a bit lower down, yes, but I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I hope he's like top 40 or something. That'd just be hilarious. Uh, that, that definitely wasn't true, I can tell you. <laughs> Although, looking at, you know, nothing is more like um, uh, embarrassing than when you're taking that quiz, and then you see like over 100 war, and I'm like, who is this guy? How do I not know who, like, one of the greatest players of all time is? And it'll just be like Mel Ott. And I'm like, who remembers Mel Ott? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he's always he's always in, like, the top of the leaderboards. I'm like, just I don't even, get out of here. I'm looking at, like, Babe Ruth, man. What are you doing here? It's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> like, you know Slaughter. Like, who the fuck? I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever actually heard of you before. <laughs> you don't exist. <laughs> you don't exist. Get out of here. Uh you were a Yankee in the prime 1920s. Get out of here. Basically. Yeah, that too. That too. You're like, all right, Ruth, Gehrig. Uh, mm. <laughs> That's it. No one else is. No one, yeah, yeah. no one else was talked about. That was good back then. Yeah. Those are actually the only players in the 1920s. They even pitched themselves. <laughs> yes. People don't know this. It's outstanding. It's it's incredible. No no wonder they won so many World Series. It's, <laughs> Weird. Is uh, it's very strange. But uh, anyways, we're here going to take a quick ad break and when we come back. We're going to continue talking about this and then move on with our weekly dumb Mount Rushmore. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are back. Done taking a break. Uh, we're still on the topic of Hall of Fame talk. Players who might have had underrated careers. Uh, and the second part of this is, now the thing is he actually hasn't taken that bat for the Twins yet, which is very <laughs> tragic. But Josh Donaldson was also on this list of top 300 players all time by position player war, which really surprised me because he legitimately didn't get consistent playing time until he was like 27-ish. 
So the fact that he's here still playing, still getting $100 million contracts, and he's still a top 300 player all time, 300 position player, excuse me, all time, that's awfully surprising to me. Yeah, me too, especially because he's not retired like Torrey Hunter. And as you said, started off slow, and he's got a four-year contract here to boost himself up, like, a lot. Because obviously, the Twins are banking on him being really good. He's been around since 2010, and it's now 2019. Like, it's not that long of a time. And he, you know, he went, his war per season was negative 0.3, 1.2. Then all of a sudden, he went to 7, 5, 8, 7, 5. You know, then one in 2018. That was down year injuries. And then five again. Like, he's just been five or more war every single year since 2013. That wasn't destroyed by injury, basically. So, yeah, that'll, that'll help you out there. And as we said, I mean, he's got at least four more years to play. With, well, you know, um, hopefully, unless this year does not occur. But well, well, he'll get paid for those years, that's for sure. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Maybe you can get a couple war points in there. 82 games, how many, you know, two and a half war, it'd be pretty solid. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's odd. It, well, and you bring that up. I was thinking about it also. We're going to see some kind of weird numbers from that. Uh, and beyond that, I was also specifically kind of, uh, I think it's going to be tragic. We're going to lose like half a season of prime Mike Trout. And it's like, yeah, that, right. that, shouldn't, that shouldn't be happening. That's messed up. But uh, yeah, when Mike Trout only finishes at eight war this season, it'll be like, what? <laughs> what, what, what if, though? What if, though? <laughs> that would be insane. And then uh, Luis Arias is 385 batting average or something. <laughs> That's on the lower half of my expectations. Wow. All right. We're just not even going to pump any brakes. If we're doing. <laughs> I'm going 400 or bust. <laughs> it's only 82 games. Come on. He's got this. Well, you only hit 370. What are you, a bum? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, what did he do through 82 games last year? He's probably hitting 350, right? He can bump that up a bit. I don't think he played 82 games last year. Oh, that's probably actually true. Um, <laughs> well, it is what it is. You know, what was he doing through half of his season last year then? Probably 350? Dude, I can't, I can't look up these numbers. Are you kidding me? You can't just look up what he was doing through. Okay, he played 92. So. All right, he, okay, that's actually more than I thought he played then. Yeah, he played a lot, actually. But yeah, I'm thinking he's hitting 400. Maybe I'll predict that when we get back to doing that when the season starts. <laughs> All right, all right. We need to rein this back in. What were we even talking about? Yeah, jo- Josh Donaldson. And somebody got into Luis Arias. So uh, Donaldson there. Uh, also, of course, won an MVP, three-time All-Star, uh, two-time Silver Slugger. And I guess uh, I wanted to bring these players up because then the ultimate discussion is, okay, if they were this good by war, what are the chances of making the Hall of Fame? Because, uh, you know, I don't think Torrey Hunter as much as I would love to. I don't think he has much of a case. Just because uh, kind of the, the style of player I was talking about, the guy who just played for a while but was never like truly elite, they kind of get uh, washed out when it comes to the Hall of Fame play. Uh, so I don't see it happening. Donaldson, well, of course, is a well, well. You bring well, in a well. Bring in a well. I mean, well. Bring in a well. Yes. I mean, the Hall of Fame voting has never been, uh, as you'd say, you know, perfect. Um, and a lot of people really, really, really liked watching Tori Heather. And when it comes down to, you have 10 spots available to vote for, they might just go, you know, I really like Torrey Hunter, and he was really good for a lot of years. Maybe I'll give him my vote. And before you know it, in eight years, he has 75% of the vote, and Torrey Hunter's in the Hall of Fame. Would you look at that? You are really <laughs> optimistic regarding the crup, like the, the crustiness of baseball voters. You're, that's absolutely right, yeah. I mean, my, what are we, 
that that's completely true. I think Tori Hunter could definitely make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think okay, and you know, end of discussion. I agree. I think he has a chance. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of stuck around the back area, you know, in the fifteen to twenty percent range, specifically because of guys we were talking about. You know, guys who look back and like, you know, I think Tory Hunter was a really great player, and I think I it's it's hard to put into words, but I think he has this kind of aura about him. Yeah, you kind of you know beyond just being a great player, you think of him like a clubhouse leader, and he has these For these sure. intangibles. That you might just might bump him up over a guy who I guess you'd consider doesn't have those. I don't. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. But I, do you kind of understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's kind of a reason I think people would vote for him, just because you know he was there and he people just look at him and go, "Yep, this is a guy that I want representing." I don't know, you know, baseball and stuff. But for sure, like he brought the. In my opinion, he was the MVP of the 2015 Twins that almost got in the playoffs just because he got there. And, uh, yeah, it was a weird season, but it wasn't a good team. And he just was like, hey, guys, nothing matters. Just go play baseball. And they, and they won 83 games. It's wild. Uh, an awfully nihilist way of looking at it. <laughs> well, it's true. He was just like, yeah, if we lose, so what? You know, if we win, cool. Go play baseball. You know, I just the, the only thing is, as I said, I just keep coming back to his peak or really lack thereof. Because w- uh, one year he finished sixth in the MVP voting, but then that was like by far his highest. Another year, 15th, and then 21st, 21st, 19th again, and that was really it. You know, for talking about a Hall of Fame candidacy, if you haven't won an MVP, you have to have been like runner up, or you had to have been playing with like. I, actually, I was about to say Babe Ruth, but he only won one because they had this weird rule where you could only win it once. It was very strange. But, like, uh, I don't know. If you were, like, Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio, and it's like, you know, one's got to win, which means another has to lose, like, sort yeah. of deal. So unless you're in that situation, then I, I think guys are going to look down upon that and just be like, you know, he was really good, just never uh, elite, like, for a year or two, just truly. That's true. Then he also did win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine gold glove awards. And he went to the All-Star game one, two, three, four times. So and five, and the Silver five Slugger twice. Oh, five times. All right. My bad. <laughs> yeah, and he won the Silver Slugger a couple times. So, but, I mean, people look at that stuff too, especially the gold glove for some reason. Go, yep, this guy's all famer. So I don't, I don't know if guys do that as much these days. I don't know. Well. You know, yeah, maybe by the time Hunter's eligible, wait, this will be next year, won't it? Uh, I think so, actually, yeah. This year or the one after, for sure. But, well, maybe, so. And yeah, you're right, but by then, guys, there might be voters that go, wait, gold gloves don't really mean he was good, but you never know. <laughs> and to also help his case, as I know uh, next year, I don't remember the exact names off the top of my head, but it is a really really weak class yeah. as far as Hall of Fame guys go. Uh, and even this last year, I mean, only Larry Walker and Jeter made it. Uh, and even then, people were struggling to find. Next year, I think, as much as I hate to say it, it might literally just be Kurt Schilling, which would be the worst thing ever. Just absolutely the worst. But Yeah, you're probably uh, right. Oh, God. I, even just saying that makes me feel disgusted. <laughs> but, uh, it, it'll be interesting. Maybe then that kind of plays into it where, you know, you're looking down and you're like, all right, Kurt Schilling, he's an asshole. I don't want to vote for him. You know, if, if you're an anti-Roid guy, then you're like, all right, Bonds and Clemens, they're out. So now you're looking at, I don't know, Bobby Abreu, who's actually kind of in the <laughs> same Toy Hunter role. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. True. yeah it's going to be odd. 
because there just isn't enough guys to vote for. I mean, huh. If we're going to get into Hall of Fame discussion, well, Barry Bonds deserves to be in there, but just kidding, we're not doing that no. today. Um, maybe next week, though. That's an interesting yeah, idea, maybe. Maybe we got time. But if we have yeah, time, we have, like we have other things to right, talk I about. I was going to say, we have nothing going on for about seven days or so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, lost my train of thought, but um, yeah, Tori Hunter, I completely lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? He, he has a shot. He, he has, he has a, a shot. Chance. He has an outside Isn't Bobby Abreu spot? He'll hang around. Yeah. So... Uh, now, to move on to Donaldson, of course, you can't draw any conclusions because the career's not over. But let's say, you know, in theory, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw this in my mind. In theory, he plays all four years. I don't know. He's another. He's two five-win seasons, kind of falls off three-win seasons, maybe has some more stuff, but kind of like back, typical back-end stuff where it doesn't really matter. Makes an all-star game or two, uh, and, you know, now you can add that to your resume. Does that make him a Hall of Famer, do you think? That's he'd be around fifty to like he'd be around about fifty eight to sixty war probably at the end. That's a it's a solid chunk. I mean, he did finish. He won MVP. He's been mm-hmm. solid for it. We like to use WRC plus. He's gone one forty seven, one thirty, one fifty four, one fifty seven, one fifty one, twenty eighteen weird injury year, and then one thirty two. Like he's been really outstanding. I think. I think yes, just. He was he won the MVP award, he's, and then just consistency for about ten years. If he keeps it going with the Twins, I'd say so. And I really, I really cannot overstate how important I think winning that MVP was. Just yeah, uh, truly. And then even looking around it, uh, two years before, fourth in MVP voting. Year uh, before that, uh, eighth. Year after winning the MVP, fourth. Year after that, twenty second. A little fall off, but still in the voting. Five straight years of getting MVP votes. That is that's significant. That's a significant peak, and I think that's going to help his chances a lot. Plus, being if this Twins team here's an optimistic view, like if this <laughs> Twins team is able to stay atop the Central, like this front office has built the team and they're able to stay atop Central, be an American League powerhouse for the next four or five years, and Josh Allen's on the forefront of that. Well, that'll certainly help his case. Just being like, even if he's not the best player, he'll certainly be the guy people think of i think so if he's the face of the franchise basically for four years of really good runs where we may maybe even win a playoff game then you know he'll get a couple extra votes there the playoff game a, thing is, is they, you know, that that's 50 50 uh, yeah playoff game, that's unrealistic let's not go there <laughs> uh, although that would be interesting let's say josh donaldson carries the team not just to a playoff win which is already crazy enough not just a playoff series win let's say a world series win Win. All right, this and is like where a, we're ending the podcast. Um, this is no, Matt. Matt, not now, 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 now. <laughs> now, hear me out here. And not just a World Series win, but like, uh, um, and then he has like a Madison Bumgarner type, but mm. you know, for a hitter of a World Series. And then I don't know. And then, I, but even if he just falls off like immediately after that and is like never the same, you think so? Uh, well, what year is this in the first year, the second year, first year of his? Uh, first second. I don't think it matters. Okay, first, first or second? Okay, second year, if he does this, goes on an absolute tear in the World Series and basically wins the Twins the World Series like Mad Bum did with San Francisco, and then hits for, you know, a WRC, a WRC plus of like 100 war of, you know, two, I guess. Then, yes, I still think he is. Those last two years should not hurt him. His final two years, his 
amazing peak of 2013 to say 2021, along with an MVP and a World Series MVP in this extremely hypothetical scenario. But then, yes, he's in the Hall of Fame. All right, I, I like it. I like. I'm hyping myself up on a Sunday night. I should be doing that. I'm getting unrealistic. Can't the Twins just won the World Series, and Josh Donaldson was World Series MVP, and he's now in the Hall of Fame. This is crazy. You know, although if he ever does bring a title to Minnesota like that, right. literally he would have to just step anywhere near a bar and immediately people would buy him like 20 drinks. Like He'd have a dude, statue. Like, <laughs> oh my God, of course. They'd build a statue that night. Yeah, that's true. It would. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's, man, I'm really, I need, to, I need to stop now. I'm drinking the cola. It's too much. But uh, that's a fun discussion. Interesting discussion. I don't know what you guys think. If you guys want to. Uh, add us on Twitter or something. This will probably be something we drop also because we like to drop our uh, Twitter things, see what the people like to think. Because I feel like our opinions, you know, it's just two guys, but you, you apply it to like, I don't know, the few. Uh, I guess you combine. Five. Got... Five are... I'm just kidding. Five, the five. Actually, if you combine our followers, we have uh, 2,000 or so, I believe. So. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that because you have more than me. So, you know, if yes, I say I combine, you know, it's Notice like. Notice how I never like brag to you when I hit a thousand before you know so i never did that you're welcome well i also now at this moment i've also noticed that uh, your feed is a lot better than mine because mine's just i mean it's just you'll actually give interesting stuff like the marwin gonzalez post about him oh, yeah. in, like clutch situations and i'm like shit posting about the weather about golf <laughs> so yeah it's, it's true i like i don't know like midnight last night i was like you know what i'm gonna do tomorrow morning post about marwin gonzalez and that's what i did that's how you gotta do it Although, I think that makes a great transition to what we're about to talk, oh, uh, yes. talk about. The Mount Rushmore of the four most underappreciated twins of 2019, which was a very, actually, I think, an interesting topic to talk about. So I think we'll do this like we always do this. I'll give one, you give one, back and forth type of deal. Uh, maybe we agree on one at the end. We only have two people this time, so it's a bit easier to agree on one. But I, I say that's a great transition because my first one, I was going to say Marlon Gonzalez. I think, uh, you know, the, the ability to just plug and play Put them wherever you want. I think that was uh, highly underrated. And the fact that you could just have, I don't know, Max Kepler's got a bad foot. Okay, we'll stick Marwin right. And basically not have too much fall off. That's a, you know, that's a very powerful tool to have. And I think he helped a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, well, we have this idea because I wrote about it for Twinkie Town. And um, yeah, I put Marwin in there. He was just valuable all over the place. He the fill-in for Sano at the start of the year. He got off to a terrible hitting start, but his fielding was like you remember him making like great plays out there at third. It was just weird. Like where oh, did he yeah. come from? And yeah. That's right. yeah, so and also he was the you know the fangraphs clutch stat that I don't know if it really means anything, but it's called clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he ranked fourth in MLB in that stat. So uh that's pretty good. He was all of baseball play on the twins. Yeah, all of baseball he ranked fourth in clutch. Well, how about that? Uh, it's a weird stat because it's just called clutch but i mean obviously they calculated something so i off the top of my head i want to say it's based off of like either leverage index or what's probably added yeah that's what it's two different leverage index stats divided by each other so yeah you you know with that kind of stuff i i got a solid c plus in college algebra i let the nerds deal with that i was gonna like post that on the twitter account but i was like this is this I might just get canceled or something, man. This is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. It's, I'm glad we agreed on that one. Uh, the next right, underappreciated good. twin, I want to say, I, 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 it makes my heart happy to say this, Jason Castro. Ooh. Show some love to Jason Castro. The man got shit on 
for like three years. I don't understand why. <laughs> he was probably the most unappreciated twin, I'd say, in recent history. Just because, you know, defense first catchers, they, it's never pretty. It's never a pretty job. Right. But they're still getting money. Jeff Mathis is still in the league. Literal, like, relief pitchers could hit better than Jeff, Jeff Mathis. I think you could hit better than Jeff Mathis, you know? Thanks. But, yeah, hey, that's a, that's a compliment to you, I think. Uh, but he's still getting contracts. His defense is phenomenal. The way he handles pitching staffs, everyone raves about it. And the same goes for Castro, though Castro is a better hitter. So you have Jason Castro, who's uh, about average for catcher hitting with great defense. And he just got crapped on, like, consistently for no reason. And I, it, it made my heart hurt to see that. Yeah, you were the since this is really like a Jason Castro podcast for you actually. People are just <laughs> mad at him and he's, you know, hitting his what was WRC one one oh three WRC plus. Like, come on. Yeah. That's good. That's that's, that's great for a catcher. Yeah. I mean he was his forty in twenty eighteen, but he only played nineteen games, so I'll let that go. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I did I have nine guy I have just nine options listed basically for what this would work. And he is on there, but he's, I don't know if he's one of my top four. My second one is Ryan Harper. So, <laughs> Ooh, okay. Hey, yeah. Hear okay. Me For what? Half the season, Ryan Harper was the only other competent reliever out there besides Taylor Rogers. Like he'd come, he'd be the only one that you could trust to come out and like actually get some outs before Tyler Duffy or Trevor May truly emerged. Like, and that was, that was for through, I think like all the way through July, Ryan Harper was a solid relief pitcher. And then he just hit a bit of a cliff because he was a 31 year old rookie. I mean, it's gotta happen eventually you'd think. And it did, but through Four months, he was the second best relief pitcher on the Twins. People have just forgotten about him. Uh, and I, I will admit, I was there was podcasts where I was just like, uh, "Release this man!" But now that we're looking back at the season, he did fine. He was good. You know, you know what? In a weird way, I agree with you. I think that's a nice. that's a great take. That thanks. Wow, be, look at us. Be be proud of that. <laughs> take. It was that he he got crapped on a lot. Yes, he did fall off, but also we've talked about this before. The first half bullpen was Taylor Rogers goes three innings, and then like God help us all, that was basically just it. Maybe maybe yeah. Blake Parker like walks two guys and still gets a oh, scoreless inning somehow. Yeah. Remember when oh, that yeah. happened? The Blake Parker experiment, man, that was. Ugh. Yeah, see what I'm saying. Ryan Harper was just a blessing in disguise the whole year. Well, not the whole year, obviously, because eventually he was very bad. But he was good for four months. He was good, and and then. When he, you know, unfortunately was forced to go to AAA, that's the bullpen stepped up. And, you know, after that, he was like, you know, he, he basically carried the torch. He carried the torch. And I yeah. you can't hit on the guy for doing that. For sure. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I'm very glad I'm going to be able to get to this player because it, oh, it's very fun talking about him. We, we, I don't think there's a single player on the Twins we shitpost about more. I say we as a collective, Twins fans, Twins Twitter. Uh, Ari Adrianza. Oh, jeez. That's not where I thought you were going at all. All right. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd like to know where you're going after I explain this. But right. Ari Adrianza, much in the same vein as Marlon Gonzalez, you know, the backup infield uh, guy you just plug and play, always never get enough credit because you're always expecting them to be as good as the starter. And if they aren't, you're kind of like, oh, what's this guy doing here? But Adrianza, you know, great defense. Actually, a better hitter by WRS Plus than Marwin Gonzalez. He was above average. I think he was like one of Okay, 10... Marwin was killed by the first month of April where he had like a really bad month. But the rest of the way, he was really good. Yeah, I, but you know, overall, WRC Plus. All right. And I don't mean this in like he was better than Marwin, but like oh, okay. 
com- like compare. He was a better hitter than I think a lot of people gave him credit for. Yes, for sure. And I think you know, I even I was even thinking about this because this is his last year before free agency. Uh, if he has another season like 2019, I I think he could get like a I don't know maybe like a two year 10 mil deal. Maybe not as a starter, but also in a similar sort of rotational uh, position with another squad. And I think the Twins would have to let him go because that's uh, that's a lot of money to be given uh, to just that sort of position, that specific need. But uh, I, I think he brings a lot of value. Yeah, that's a good one. I thought just the way you described it, I thought you were going with Eddie Rosario, just the way you said that all <laughs> Twins fans just kind of get on. And I was like, oh, all right. But nope. All right. I like your take, though. I get it. Okay. So you have Adrianza, Castro, and, and Marwin. I have Pinate, or not, I have Gonzalez oh. and Harper, and I spoiled my third. My oh. third is Michael Pineda. He's he wasn't underappreciated for the until he was suspended. Now everyone strongly dislikes him, but he was the Twins' best starter for a very long long period to the point where I was like, this guy's the best pitcher in the Twins' rotation. Like he's going to start mm-hmm. game one plaps. And yeah, I remember that. Play. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had probably a month straight of that, but still. Oh, God. Yeah, at the end of the day, he, I mean, he was a really solid pitcher, and he carried the rotation for a couple months, truly. So he's underappreciated in the sense that people now look at his season as an extreme disappointment, which I don't I don't blame him for, obviously, because he was suspended for using an illegal substance, basically. And I get it. So there's that, but I think he... I mean, he had a solid 2019, and people just don't give him credit because of what happened. So I'm putting him as my third. You know, with with him, the thing about him was just incredible. I, I wanted to pull this up because I thought it was just uh, absolute mind-blowing. So uh, April 18th uh, goes three and two-thirds against Detroit uh, – not against Detroit, excuse me, against Toronto, takes a loss. Every other start mm-hmm. after that, he goes at least five innings. And I, that's that's kind of a low bar, five innings, that ain't much. But at the same time, if you can get that kind of consistency and you know you can write it down in stone, in cement, forget about it, lock it away, that you're going to get at least five innings of passable baseball with the upside of, I don't know, maybe seven innings, that is incredibly valuable, especially nowadays where the starting rotation is just, you know, these guys are throwing less and less innings. The fact that you can throw a guy out there and just be like, okay, we at, at the very worst – we have a decent shot at winning this game. I I think you're 100% right. I think he brought a lot of value to this team. Also, since I wrote about this, I do have some statistics ready to go. So Hot nuts, drop them. <laughs> From June 1st until September 6th when he was suspended, uh, Pineda, Barrios, and Odorizzi were you know, the three main guys, I guess, Gibson and your guy Martin Perez were getting injured or just not being, you know, <laughs> being Martin Perez. Um, yeah. yeah. The, Michael Pineda had a 3.10 ERA for, from June until September, basically. Brios had a 4.18, and Odorizzi had a 4.63. Basically, Pineda was a full run better than those two. And for what it's worth, he also went 7-2. and two. I get that, you know, wins aren't good for a pitcher, but he was consistent enough to give the Twins a chance to win literally every time out. Yeah. Huh? All right. I like it. I like it. I, I have to bring this up. I saw the other day Nash tweeted something about uh, Martin Perez and Kyle Gibson sharing it down in like April or whatnot. And in, yeah. in my head, I was just like, I can't believe you've died. This is, yeah. <laughs> get this off my timeline right now. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think it was yeah. Odorizzi and Martin Perez. Oh, like, I think you're right. 
yeah, yeah. yeah I was like Odor. No, Final Odor is, but Martin Perez. We're we're gonna have to talk. You know, uh, it's like you got a casino and the guy taps you on the show. Like we're gonna have to go talk to you out back. Like this is not that's acceptable. Enough, yeah, that, you've gone enough. too far now. Yeah. All right. Well, I I like it. I think uh, I think we got enough of pool. Do you want to put together a, an official top four then? Yeah, I'd say so. Marwin for sure. All right, we got Marwin. Uh, I I liked Pineda, so I'm gonna go with Pineda. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. You, who else did you had Adrianza and you had Castro? All right. Yeah. Um, you're gonna give me Adrianza there. Well, the other options are what? Um, you had Harper. Yeah, Ryan Harper's. So basically, it comes down to Ryan Harper. Um, Adrianza and Castro. We got to pick two of them. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you Adrianza. I like where you're coming from there. He was a solid utility man, could play anywhere, and had a WRC plus above 100. So, yeah, right. and along with solid defense. I'll give you that. And Castro I'll, or Harper? I'll, I'll, I'll go with Harper as much as it hurts. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> I like... You, lo- you were a big Ryan Harper guy for a long time. This is good I wa- for you. And I, anyone who's saying that they didn't have fun watching him pitch, you're a damn liar. Because, right. I mean, you just. In this day and age of, like, everyone's got to throw 95, you got this guy up here throwing lollipop curves, and guys still couldn't hit it? Like, like it's like watching someone underpitch, like, slow-hand softball and then just, like, throw in perfect games. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. And just for the record, I got some comments and uh, tweets at me. Some other recommendations were Jake Odorizzi, just because he had an outstanding season. and He was an all-star. What the hell? What, yeah, that's what I replied <laughs> to. But yeah, I'm just throwing about that. Tyler Duffy was one, but I think people really do realize what Tyler Duffy's capable of and what he did last season. And Zach Littell, which was... Zach Littell was a good one. He had, like, remember that 24-inning stretch where he just, like, didn't give up a run or whatever? That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would... If I were to have, like, an honorable mention, I think yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. also have uh, Zach Littell, certainly, and then also probably Cody Stashak, mm, who... I, I I love me some Cody Stashak. Uh, believe it or not, he had like one of the highest swing strike rates of any Twins reliever, which I'm like, I that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's regressive. It <laughs> and only only walked one guy. The man throws strikes. The man throws strikes. That's true. Tell you something. Yeah, he did come in saying I'm not going to walk anyone, and he lived by that. So I respect yeah. it. Yeah, he's like I'm gonna throw strikes, and you know the man didn't lie. He's not a liar. You can't yeah. you can't call him. I'm gonna throw strikes, and I live by that. So I think, yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. Now that might be an interesting question. Someone we'll talk about next week is who do you believe in more than Cody Stashak or Zach Littell? I feel like they're Zach kind of Littell. in the same boat right now. Zach Littell, give me fifteen right. more innings out of Cody Stashak. I Well, that's a, we'll save that question for next week. Well, yeah, I suppose maybe we'll of our... fifteen innings by then. Who knows? We are yeah, in the middle of the Major League <laughs> Baseball season, aren't we? Oh. Uh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's. Oh, jeez. There's no yeah. need to go there. Here's a fun question for you, just because I was tweeting about swings this morning. Um, who has the best swing on the Twins? Or, or just, you know, who is most soothing the home run swing, I guess? So you go, that's, that's a good swing. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think, I think I had two answers to the question. So best swing, okay. uh, I think aesthetically, I love watching, like, Jorge Polanco just rip a double. I think just the way it works, it's beautiful. Although the counterpoint is whenever he misses – and he kind of like mm-hmm. corkscrews himself, and then you're like, "Did you just hurt himself?" I don't know, but uh, love seeing that. But then there's nothing better than watching Nelson Cruz just hit it, just it's true. absolute moonshot. You're like, "Okay, 
all right, dude. Because it, it like immediately goes into a strut, and you're like, okay, dude, watch, watch your stuff. I feel it. Yeah, I for best home run swing, I think I'm going Miguel Sano. He just the Braves one is just like forever stuck in my head. That man, that thing looked good. For yeah. best swing overall, though, um, I don't, I don't know. I I might just go Marwin Gonzalez. Like I was watching highlights last night, and I was like, this is just outstanding. I don't, don't ask. I don't know why I was watching Marwin Gonzalez highlights at 12 a.m. last night. So what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I'd go with him. Hey, I wasn't going to question you. You know, we all do weird things. <laughs> uh, oh well. The the other Miguel Sano swing that I think of is the home run against uh, the White Sox at home where he hit it oh, like yeah. I don't know about eight hundred feet maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's another. Good, yeah, when he hits a home run, it's not like you just know it. The Indians Grand Slam. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> oh. He doesn't really oh. have any not like non no doubt. He doesn't really have wall scrapers. It's either a uh, fly out to right field, you know, goes one hundred twenty feet. Then I might be pop up in second base. I don't know my dimensions. Or it's a 500-foot <laughs> blast in center field. There's no in-between. Yeah. Or it's a strikeout or a walk. It's like, right. the, yeah, you know, that's what you're getting. Uh, that's, that's fun stuff. But uh, I believe we've come to the end. Uh, I guess we have our self-promotions, what we wrote about. You've already talked extensively about what you wrote about. But uh, I'll yeah, talk about funny. it. I kind of, yeah, yeah, you spoiled it. Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> but I wrote about uh, the three... Twins minor league pitchers that were traded for re- somewhat recently uh, in Johan Duran, Chris Valament, and uh, Luis Rijo, and attached it, connected it to uh, when Derek Falvey was the Indians and the minor league pitchers they traded for at the time. You know, these no-name guys like Corey Kluber and Mike Clevenger and whatnot, and sort of like, hey, this happened before. Keep your eye out. It could happen again. So that was kind of a fun thing to, you know, connect the dots. Uh, and it was also partly inspired because... Uh, I'm trying to finish read uh, reading the MVP machine now that I brought it back, and Falvey's like all over that thing. So I was like, okay, nice. I got to You know, I got to make this connection. Yeah, solid. I wrote about for Twinkie Town. I told you all about that for Twins Daily. I I, always, I do this every week, man. I don't remember what I wrote. Do you remember what I wrote for Twins Daily? Dude, dude this come on, man. I do this every week. I just I was. For the past minute, I've been looking up because I have something posting tomorrow that's going to be really fun. So I'm just going to advertise that instead. If that's, that's I was going to say, do you want to just spoil what you're going to do tomorrow? Yeah, so I'm just going to basically, okay, so it's my third quiz I'm ever doing. It's on Twinkie Town, but I think this is one you'll have fun with. I'll give you a one sample question. All right. All right, ready? Who? It's statistical leaders from the past decade. Who had the most bunt hits from 2010 to 2019? Your options are uh, Denard Span, Danny Santana, Pedro Flormon, or Alexi Casilla. I'm going to say Alexi Casilla. All right. You, you got it. Good job. Oh, that was right. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you did it. Congrats. Uh, I was you. planning on you getting that wrong. Whatever. <laughs> Look, yeah. I used my extensive knowledge in guessing things. So. Nice. Yeah, it's just basically 10 questions of a very no one would know this statistics from the 2010 to 2019. So. Have fun with that one. All right, sounds good. Yeah, That's all I, I got. Yeah, I looked through the like the last three front pages. I could not find your thing, so my bad. Jeez, really? We, we just don't know. Maybe maybe they took it down. They're so embarrassed. You think so? Just because they were like, he doesn't even know what he wrote about it. Man. Look at these words. He doesn't even remember <laughs> writing this. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. But uh, anyway, it's been a good week. Uh, good week talking. Uh, again, like I say every week, 
Really hope we get some more MLB news. Uh, we're kind of inching towards that date that was like <coughs> first kind of talked about, this sort of halfway through June when the uh, spring training 2.0 would start up. So maybe that happens? Question mark? I don't know. Yeah, like it. I feel like by the time we're um, talking uh, next week, we'll have a much better idea of if we're going to get baseball this year. Oh, I ranked the AL Central teams one oh, through five. That's, that's, what that's it was. right. Remember, you commented yeah. number one, White Sox. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was. You know, I was just spoiling it. You know? Right. Yeah, that's why I said no spoilers. Mm-hmm. No, I had to. Either. I had to be an asshole about it. So, uh, <laughs> that was my bad. But. Anyways, I believe this draws us to an end. It's uh, been good talking to you, and uh, goodbye. Um, <clears throat> for the record, Matt said, I'd be surprised if we get 30 minutes out of this. 52, 53 minutes now. Look at us go. I, that is not at all what I said. You were taking my word out of context. <laughs> What'd you say? It was pretty I, much. I said we were going to hit 30 minutes and then just be like, I peace. Okay. Oh, yeah. I like the word probably being faded out by music right now because this is a pointless conversation. Oh, definitely. Right, it, goodbye. It, it already started like a minute ago. Goodbye. <laughs> Good.